0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Tank Bigsby, Zach Evans, and Zach Charbonnet talking all about them on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabe, and joined as always by Curtis Patrick. We are excited to continue to make our way through the 2023 rookie running back class. Talked about two exciting running backs earlier in the week, and I think we have a couple more names that will generate some excitement here. How are we doing, Curtis? Doing great, man. Uh, I'm coming off of a high talking about uh
2: Bijan robinson and jameer gibbs on yesterday's episode so if if you're dropping in midweek trying to catch up a little bit and you know a little bit behind in your uh you know subscription player on your podcast make sure you go back and listen to that uh we had a lot of good back and forth talking about the potential of those two running backs and even got into a little bit of discussion about the the class from the fifty thousand foot uh level And, and in particular the uh, running back position towards the end of the episode. So that, that was great. I mean, the three guys that we're going to talk about in this episode between uh, Tank, Bigsby, Zach Evans, and Zach Charbonnet, uh, you know, this is a really interesting second tier. And you know, I think these guys in, in, in weaker running back class years could be, you know, more uh, of the tier one uh, quality, but they just fall a little bit below uh, some prospects that I think are really, you know, kind of plus plus in, in Robinson. Uh, in Robinson and Gibbs. So yeah, it, we'll look forward to breaking them down here in just a minute. But before we get started in the episode, I want to talk to the listeners, uh, about our partnership with Epson. Uh, so listen up now that you've taken your fantasy game to the next level, it's time to take your sports viewing experience to the next level. Like I have X, uh, Epson hooked me up, uh, with their Epic vision ultra LS 800 laser projector. It includes a 120 inch silver flex screen. Now, that's an option. I've got it though. Uh, and it's an absolute game changer. With this 120 inch picture, it's actually twice the size of an 85 inch television. As you know, here at RotoViz, we love data. And with a 4K Pro UHD picture this big, I mean, we're looking at plays, prospect game film data like never before. To learn more, visit Epson.com slash And like Epson says, Bring the sportsbook experience home.
1: Okay, Tank Bigsby. One of the two exciting prospects in this class with the name Tank. He is a little bit bigger than the other Tank that we're going to talk about later. Uh, a running back from Auburn stands six feet tall, weighs 213 pounds. Was a four-star recruit leaving high school, enrolls at Auburn, starts his career off in 2020, puts up a very impressive game in his third game uh, against Arkansas, really set the tone, had 146 rushing yards in that game, four receptions, rumbles on to finish the year, going for more than six yards a carry, five touchdowns, has a running back dominator of 55 also adds 11 receptions for 84 yards we see those reception numbers continue to creep throughout his career goes from 1099 yards in 13 games as a sophomore adds 10 touchdowns accounts for 59 percent of auburn's rushing touchdowns and then as a junior goes for five and a half yards a carry 10 rushing touchdowns in 12 games And again, finishes with 59% of the Tigers rushing touchdowns. Also adds 30 receptions. I forgot to mention as a sophomore, put up 21. Finishes his career with 62 receptions for 448 yards. Has a career running back dominator of 41 and accounted for 57% of the rushing attempts. That Auburn had while he was in school. Yeah,
2: that's a that's a good overview of Tank. Um, now Tank, I mean, he is a little bit bigger, you know, than than Gibbs. Uh, you know, he's he's weighing in over two ten. You know, maybe he'll slim down a little bit for the 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 combine to to you know gain that extra quarter step or whatever in the forty. He doesn't really play like a tank though. He's actually a little bit more uh, of a shifty guy. Um, and so, you know, that's that nickname stuck, you know, from a young age, it's not a nickname that he, that he got necessarily, uh, for plowing people down, uh, at the college ranks. So that's, that's the first thing. It's a little bit of a, a misnomer there, the, the nickname, but obviously that's a a great nickname for any, any football player, regardless of position to, to be called tank. I mean, if, if I was coming up with like a list of nicknames, that would be cool, you know, for any, guy playing a hyper masculine sport tanks, probably like in the top 20, I would think uh, Dave. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, taking all the production into account, you know, I, I think anytime we're looking at somebody that is hyper efficient uh, in the, in the sec, you know, that's great. Uh, five, five and a half yards of carry on the amount of volume that uh, that Bigsby saw in the sec is pretty good. You know, we really like to see for those elite uh, college football running backs a six-yard average. It is a really difficult thing to do uh, to hit for a career on lighter volume. He did hit that uh, as a freshman, as you mentioned in the rundown there. But even in his junior year on uh, on 179 carries, he's still averaging nearly five and a half yards a carry. And so that that's positive uh, for sure. When you when you put all this in to the Rotoviz box score, uh, the prospect box score scout. And, you know, we give him, you know, right around a four or five 40, uh, second round, middle second round draft capital. If you look at some of his closest Sims uh, since 2010, uh, it's pretty interesting. You know, uh, I, I've just updated this uh, with a little bit higher weight. When I, when I first did this exercise, I had him in you know, under 210, I've got him at his, his listed weight of 213. It does change the sample just a tiny bit. So we see since 2010 uh, in power five Sims, Javante Williams actually being his mm. closest Sim now, Dave, uh, in this update followed by Bishop Sankey. Uh, if I go back before 2010, Jamal Charles, and then we get Brees Hall and Travis ETN. Like it's a pretty, that's a pretty good group, man. That's a pretty good group, is, especially yes. if, I, if I fudge the numbers a little bit to go you know, more than 10 years ago and pull in Jamal Charles. That's pretty awesome. Uh, that is one of those names that any time I, I can find it in a SIM cohort, it just really gets me excited. And if you go a little bit further down the list, you actually get a couple of former uh, Auburn Tigers, Ben Tate and on Johnson. Um, now, neither one of those players really panned out. Uh, For myriad reasons in the NFL, but they did both get that second round draft capital. So um, one of the main takeaways is that when you give Bigsby second round draft capital in the prospect box score scout, he pulls a lot of other second round players. And that's not always the case, but his profile looks like a ton of other guys that didn't quite go in the first round, but also weren't sliding. So I think we can feel pretty good about that projection unless he just really uh, flops at the combine. Another thing that I want to go to here, you mentioned that he was a four-star uh, recruit. Let's just talk a little bit more about uh, what his recruiting profile looked like. So he was fifth overall in the class of 2020 at the position. Um, he was eighth from the state of Georgia and he was the 45th uh, ranked player in from a national perspective, uh, according to rivals. He had a 6.0 and a four-star rating. Uh, Very, very solid. Uh, To put that in perspective, that's just a 0.1 below where Jameer Gibbs was uh, when we talked the other day. In terms of offers, it wasn't just Auburn. I mean, he visited Auburn on eight separate occasions. Wow. Um, Looks like Cadillac Williams really wanted this guy. Uh, But he was also offered by Alabama, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State. I mean, He, he had offers from everywhere and that's because, you know, you're coming out of high school as a 6'1, 215 senior is what he was weighing at that time. I mean, yeah, that's just, you know, he, he had a body to go with the body of work now in terms of where we've got him here. He, you know, he is a little bit shiftier than, than being a pounder. It's nice to see the 30 receptions in his final season and he improved in that category each year in contrast to the two running backs we talked about yesterday, he's not necessarily adding a lot in the receiving game, but his hands are solid enough that he can kind of come in and give you that, you know, replacement level to slightly above replacement level production there. You're not gonna have to pull him off the field because of stone hands or anything, but he's also, he hasn't shown yet at least that he's going to take, you know, a dump off pass uh, to the house or for, you know, big 20 yard chunk games with any regularity, like, was the case with Gibbs and Robinson? Uh, I've got Bigsby uh, as my RB3 right now. He is in this tier with these other guys. Um, compared to the other two tonight, Dave, where does Bigsby slot in for you?
1: Yeah, he would come in behind the other two. I definitely think that there is some separation. I do have to say, though, when you started reading down through that comp list, it was very encouraging. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I like... With the fact that there's a different element to Gibbs's game, in that he already has shown what he can do as a receiver, you do have to make some delineation. Uh, but I think if you're looking at this class, you know it's it's not a stretch at all to put him in at third in terms of the running backs. All right. So at least you know going into the the combine
2: and you know the pre-draft cycle, uh, Bigsby slotting in at that RB three for both Dave and I. Let's shift gears over to Zach Evans, Dave.
1: Yeah, so Zach Evans is is a fun one. Um, this is a player that has a lot of varied experience here and put up a lot of yards per carry. So he starts off his career at TCU, gets involved pretty early uh, in nine games, rushes 54 times, averages 7.69 yards per carry, accounts for... Uh, 31% of rushing touchdowns while playing puts up an RB dominator of 33 in his second year at TCU averages 7.15 yards per carry uh, finds the end zone five times in six games has an RB dominator of 69 makes the transfer to Ole Miss for his junior year. In the SEC, still continues to put up a lot of yards per carry, goes for 936 yards on 144 attempts at six and a half yards a carry, also finds the end zone nine times, puts up an RB dominator of 36. Now, as far as he goes as a receiver, finishes his career in 27 games with 30 receptions, two receiving touchdowns, and 325 receiving yards. So things that you're looking at there, obviously you're focusing, as I mentioned on those yards per carry, that tends to be pretty impressive. I also like when you're able to see guys that can contribute at two schools. And you see this more now, obviously with the transfer rules being different, but when you can go to a new school and immediately assimilate yourself in and put up good statistics, that's also another thing that I like to see. Sure. Uh, Yeah. I mean,
2: I, you always worry a little bit about the quality of defenses in the big 12. Uh, And, you know, we did see a little bit of a drop off uh, in the, in the yards per carry. I mean, he was averaging over uh, seven yards a carry in his two seasons at, at TCU across, you know, about 150 carries. Uh, But then, you know, in the sec to still average six and a half. And I was telling you, I mean, six is what we really like to see in college. So to do six and a half in the sec, you know, it's pretty impressive. Now we haven't seen here. So here's some things about Evans. We haven't seen a high volume season from him yet. Um, you know, right now he's got a lot of the efficiency, but you do have to wonder, you know, is this a, is this a player that, you know, maybe his, his touches will be, you know, monitored a little bit uh, his first couple years in the league, or is it just a matter of, you know, uh, preferences of the, the offensive coordinator? I mean, 156 touches is the, the high water mark uh, in any of his three seasons. And that came here as a junior, as you mentioned, just 30 receptions for his career. You know, we've seen instances, you know, probably perhaps most famously Melvin Gordon being the poster child uh, for this, not really used ever as a receiver in college. And then ends up being uh, you know, pretty prolific in the receiving category in the NFL, but you know, not every that hasn't been the case with every player, obviously. And so, it it remains to be uh, answered whether Evans can be uh, utilized in a true three down capacity where he's going to add something as a receiver. So, you know, landing spot, offensive type, um, you know, that's going to kind of come into play here. But what we do know about him uh, is he's, you know, a really good athlete. Uh, He was the number one overall running back. Uh, Now, again, we do, we did talk about this the other day. We have all purpose backs and then, running backs. He was the number one running back uh, in the 2020 uh, high school class. He was the number one rated uh, prospect from the state of Texas, which is the creme de la creme of all states when it comes to football. And he was the 13th rated uh, prospect in the entire nation at any position that year, Uh, decided to stay home uh, at TCU offered by pretty much all of the same schools that all of these awesome running backs get offered from Alabama Auburn, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Oregon, Penn State, uh, and the list goes on. So everybody wanted him, and you know, he stays home, and then he ends up, you know, going over to the F- SEC to, to prove his medal there. Um, when we talk about players from the prospect box score scout uh, entering in his his weight and a- also not probably an elite forty. Uh, but definitely not a a 40 that will lag. You know, he's going to be plus or minus a couple hundredths probably uh, within uh, four or five. We get a little bit of a a more variation in terms of the rounds uh, than we saw with Bigsby. So his tightest match actually is with Devontae Freeman, who ended up being, you know, more than okay as a pro, actually had an overall RB1 season and a bad year for RBs. Um, but you know Freeman was around four draft pick, and so that's pretty interesting. That the second closest match for Evans is on Johnson, around uh, two pick. We get Mark Walton from the fourth, Javante Williams from the second, and Bryce Love from the fourth. So, you know that that's kind of interesting. I think what is driving that is the overall lack of high end uh, counting stats you know, we, we see some inefficiency, but he, he doesn't, doesn't even have 2000 career rushing yards and, and had, you know, 325 career receiving yards. And when you see production at that level, I mean, never a thousand yard rushing season, never a 10 uh, touchdown rushing season, you know, those types of things, you know, it makes sense that we're pulling in some prospects that lasted a little bit longer. You're going to pull uh, running backs that maybe just had one year where they were really the man or, you know, other guys like this, that, You know just never truly dominated uh their backfield so i think you know with evans i don't necessarily question the ability it's just that if he were to take over a backfield in the nfl it'd be the first time he's you know actually done that we haven't had that situation where we had to guess about the ability to take over backfield with the first three prospects we talked about in bigsby gibbs and robinson
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Yeah, so I think when you look at that profile, you know, kind of like I was getting at earlier, there's things that you can pick out that, that are, you know, exciting, uh, but not as well-rounded as the backs that we've talked about prior. Uh, the other player that we're going to talk about tonight also named Zach, and that is Zach Sharpnet. He was also one of these highly recruited players, was a four-star, one of the top prospects coming out of high school. Uh, he stands six foot one, weighs 220 pounds. So this is a big back we are talking about here Starts off his career at Michigan in 13 games as a freshman runs for 726 yards and 149 attempts. That's just 4.87 yards per carry. However, he does score 11 rushing touchdowns, which was good for 58% of the rushing touchdowns that the Wolverines had that year and puts up an RB dominator of 44% in 2020 in just five games. Uh, Averages 6.53 yards, just one touchdown. Uh, Harder to make sense of that season given the limited number of games. Moves on from Michigan, transfers to UCLA for the final two seasons of his collegiate career, and puts up a ton of yardage. In a 12-game 2021 season, goes for 1,227 yards. That's good for six yards a carry. Also, Curtis, he adds 13 rushing touchdowns. Counts for 59% of the rushing touchdowns that UCLA had, an RB dominator of 38, and then returns to school for his final year in 10 games and on 195 rushes, puts up 1,359 yards. That's almost seven yards a carry, 14 rushing touchdowns. I mean, absolutely bananas numbers here, right? Accounts for 75% of UCLA's rushing yards, 93% of its rushing touchdowns. It's an RB dominator of 60. As a receiver at Michigan, he only put up 14 total receptions, but uh, in his junior year, puts up 24 for 182. Then in his senior year, puts up 37 for 321. Does not score any receiving touchdowns. Uh, But nonetheless, nice to see some production get involved in his profile as he closes out his career. The one thing that I want to mention here too is for people that haven't listened to us talking about, maybe they just started listening to us last year. When players are in the NFL, we don't care as much about yards per carry. Um, But as Curtis was kind of getting at, it is clear that there is some relationship in college that the running back has more impact on being able to generate yards per carry than they do in the NFL, where you're more limited by the team around you and the scheme around you. So that's one of the caveats there. And we have seen that there's certain cutoffs and certain thresholds where your chances of being an elite back or succeeding at the next level increase the higher yards per carry. So some good measures for Charbonnet and um, nice to see some level of production early on, but it's kind of a mixed bag those first two years. And then obviously tremendous production um, in his final two years.
2: All right, I got to get my two cents in on Charbonnet as well. But before I do, Dave, I want to tell you about an offer we have from Underdog Fantasy because this is like no-brainer, easy money stuff. So listen yep. up. Uh, the easiest way to get in on the action for the big game this weekend is Underdog Fantasy and their pick em game. Just pick higher or lower, Dave, on your favorite Chiefs or Eagles stats for the big game. And if you get all your picks right, you could win up to 20 times your money On that single night, underdog is keeping it super simple with their easy to use website and app. They're making it even easier with this very special pick for the big game starting on Thursday, February 9th. So that's uh, today, as long as it's 10 a.m. Eastern, you will be able to make a special pick on Jalen Hurts. This brain crushing pick is higher or lower than 0.5 total yards. Might have to go to the GLSP on on that one. (laughs) (laughs) He literally needs one yard in the game to go higher. Pair this pick with at least one other correct pick at a max of $20. And you could be taking home some cold, hard cash. Again, visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our super special promo code RotoViz to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. And just a reminder, you must be 18-plus to play and present in the state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms do apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Okay. So Charbonnet, uh, interesting. Uh, may, perhaps the biggest back um, that we've talked about so far, uh, he's going he's gonna to come in bumping up against 6-2 or maybe six one and plenty of change, yeah. and he's going to weigh around two twenty, maybe even more. Uh, so he's got that a little bit as a calling card versus some of these other uh, backs. Um, so he's bringing that to the table. You know, we do know that uh, RB height um, and then weight, as long as we still see the speed, right? Those are both positive indicators uh, for fantasy production in the NFL. So that's something that we want to be aware of, even if we have some questions about uh, you know, when Charbonnet's production came. I want to take you back to when uh, he was recruited and start to draw some differences in his profile versus the other four backs we've talked so far about uh, at this position. Uh, Charbonnet was a late bloomer in high school too. Uh, didn't get onto the radar until his senior season. Um, really just coming out of nowhere, not ranked nationally within the top 250. And then by the end of his senior year, at one point he peaked out in the top 40, ends up finishing as the 60th overall prospect in that class. In contrast to the other two guys we talked about tonight, Zach Evans was on the radar as a sophomore in high school. We're talking as a 16-year-old kid. He was already, uh, by the end of that season, the number two overall uh, prospect in the country. Um, and then uh, for Tank Bigsby, uh, very similarly on the radar as a sophomore by the end of that, uh, or by the beginning of his junior year. So after the summer camps, he was a top 40 prospect uh, in the country. So those guys were elite, you know, from the very beginning, Charbonnet, a late bloomer in high school. And then that's kind of what we saw, you know, in college too. You know, he he was productive as a freshman, though not efficient. Doesn't really have much of a role Uh, as a sophomore and limited action in in five games that season. And so, you know, he's got to switch schools. He does have to go out to the Pac-12, which is a little bit of an easier path for running back than the Big Ten, so I will note that. Uh, But he did find his way to becoming a pretty efficient player uh, by the time he hit his senior year. Of course, we don't really love the 22-year-old running back uh, profiles as much. That's another place where he uh, is different than the other four guys that we've talked about so far. These other guys, uh, early declares. Charbonnet, not an early declare. He does get up around that uh, six yard per carry for the career, as you mentioned, Dave. Uh, And to his credit, you know, really expanded his receiving game. When you look at his box score scout uh, sims, assuming second round production, this is a little bit of a mixed bag, but you can see where some of the upside is. Uh, Zach Moss, his closest match with a, a round three uh, with a round three uh, NFL draft capital. Kenneth Dixon, if we include the non power five schools, his second close, closest match, fifth round pick. Cam Akers, uh, there at his uh, third closest match, second round pick. Amir Abdullah was a second round pick. And then Jonathan Franklin, fourth round pick. So a little bit of a mixed bag from the Sims. What we can draw from uh, some of these players is, you know, later production uh, for sure. Uh, a couple of heavier backs um, in that in that group as well. And I don't expect Charbonnet to have quite the speed of the guys that uh, we talked about um, so far, although, you know, he's not slow. I mean, he can definitely um, turn in the chunk plays. Uh, yeah. So I, it, it's, it's funny Dave, because I could definitely see him ending up being super productive from a fantasy perp- uh, fantasy perspective. I mean, he's definitely good enough, big enough, experienced enough to become a workhorse in the NFL. Um I just, he hasn't really shown in high school or in college though, against, you know, all of these other guys that are entering the NFL along with him that he was able to take kind of that early role. Now in the NFL, we've seen plenty of day three and even undrafted uh, free agent rookies end up getting their shot, their rookie year and having a big impact. You know, the biggest uh, example of this in, in 2022 was Tyler Algier and he was a day three pick, but was super productive uh, out, you know, in the, uh, in the Pac-12 or well, Mountain West with BYU. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when, when Cordero Patterson goes down with injury, Algier, you know, takes over that backfield. It was one of the you know, brighter spots of December and January from a, a fantasy perspective. I can see Charbonnet maybe getting an earlier opportunity than Algier did, but I think it might take that type of situation. I'm not sure if he's the type of back that someone would draft and then on day one just hand him the job. Uh, but if he gets a shot, you know, maybe he never relinquishes the role uh, to the veteran that he's, you know, brought in to eventually replace here. So when I think about these three guys all together, you know, I think we've kind of got them ordered, right. You know, I think Bigsby, if one of these guys was going to jump up and challenge, you know, Gibbs, maybe you serve him as the RB um, And And if one of these guys is going to potentially be, a future high-end, you know, top half RB1 from a fantasy perspective. I do expect it to be Bigsby. I think Evans, I'm a little bit more intrigued by the unknown because of uh, his athletic skill set and the efficiency that he's shown. What could he do with that expanded role? But, you know, to Charbonnet's credit, you know, he's done it on the high volume. So, it's really kind of a coin flip between these other two within this tier for me. I can't really fault somebody for wanting Charbonnet over Evans, given the differences in the, in size and production profile. But man, it's I think it's just like the uh, it's it's the it's the decision tree. Uh, it's the decision tree. You know, uh, I guess uh, data guy and me thinking that you know going with the younger back here is just a tie is a little bit of a tiebreaker for me. Um, You know, where are you on, on these two?
1: (laughs) I will admit when I look at those last two years, it does get me pretty interested, especially with those touchdown numbers It coupled in with the size. And really the reason for that is just because I can see a lot of offensive coordinators being interested in just giving him a crack to see what they have, see what type of a role he could fill. Yeah. As a result of that, it looks to me like a player that could kind of surprise a little bit with what he's able to do uh, or, or with the opportunity that he gets. Uh, but I think kind of like you said, you know, with the two of them where we stand currently, I think it's very hard to delineate. Obviously, where these guys end up going is going to shape that to a very large degree. Uh, but what I kind of think is the larger takeaway here is these are three interesting backs. I like Big Bigsby the most of them, uh, but they're kind of in a nice tier there.
2: You know, you know what Charbonnet kind of reminds me of, and maybe he could be this in the NFL, which which wouldn't be a disappointment yeah. by the way at all uh, if if he was able to turn in the the career level of fantasy production this player did. Kind of reminds me of like Jordan Howard. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's like, you know, Howard ended up being super productive for a couple of years, you know, scored a lot of touchdowns, uh, had a lot of carries. Um, Now, Howard Howard didn't have as reliable of hands as Charbonnet, and so that could be a differentiating factor there. Um, But, you know, Howard also, um, you know, he he started out, you know, a smaller school, transfers into the Big Ten uh, from UAB. So there's some similarities there in terms of transferring ultimately – Uh, breaking out later in their college career and, uh, you know, both being bigger backs. Um, Howard, a little bit shorter, a little bit lighter, probably similar BMIs overall. Um, And Howard kind of surprisingly slides to the fifth round in that draft. I don't think that's going to happen for Charbonnet, um, but you know, it's possible as an older back, you know, maybe we see him slide to very late round two or early round three, uh, you, you know, at the expense of, you know, some of the other backs that are I holder that we're going to talk about in tier three. We're not done, man, because, you know, there were some really big uh, merits to all three of the backs that we talked about in this episode. But when we get to tier three, I mean, you could almost call it tier two a and tier two B uh, and, and I wouldn't really argue too much. We've got a guy who might be the best athlete at the position that we haven't talked about yet. And yes, I I mean that, I mean, this, just absolute lightning in a bottle um, out of Texas A&M. We're going to talk about one of the more productive backs in the class uh, out of the ACC that we haven't mentioned yet, a potential PPR cheat code from Georgia, a you know, recent uh, national champ. And then we, we have some other players to talk about uh, that took over for Zach Evans at TCU. So there's there's some more players to talk about here that you know you could end up drafting probably – at the top of round two in your dynasty rookie drafts, you're not going to want to miss out on it because this is a real value area of rookie drafts every single year and getting that extra little insight, even this early could lead you to, you know, maybe we want to trade for a couple extra early seconds to, you know, throw some darts at some of these backs, Dave.